well. I'm so excited to speak with one of my good friends at Randy Seymour. He was doing some fantastic things and has a new CD come out in, in just a few days. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute and the new single, Lukenbach, as well, because I've been listening to that, and it is fabulous. Just came out to Texas Radio. Uh, but first, I wanted to talk to you about this past weekend. You were in Marshall. You were here. You got to perform for us, and it was a fantastic show. Kind of give me your thoughts on, on the day. Well, um, thank you for having me, Ashley. Uh, it's always good to to be in your company. Um, I always I always feel like that I'm with a friend, so that's that's a good thing. Um, being in Marshall um, on Saturday uh, for it was during Memorial Day weekend, um, and uh, I was singing at what you guys call uh, uh, the market, which is which is really cool. Uh, downtown. I, to tell you the truth, I've never been to downtown Marshall. You know, I've always driven Highway 59 back and forth, and I've always thought, is this Marshall? Uh, but no, the downtown Marshall area is just a beautiful place. They, they've done amazing stuff to it, and um, I'm looking forward to coming back because I had such a good time playing uh, for folks that were just like, you know, I, I found out that, that that Marshall is is very much like a lot of the Texas towns that I get to play. People um, people there are just they're just living their lives to to be happy and uh, and and do the right thing. And it's pretty simple stuff. There's not a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of other stuff going on around it. I mean, uh, of course, you know. You could, if you live your life by the six o'clock news, you're not going to be very happy. But um, that doesn't appear to what what's happening in Marshall. So I had a great time playing my music, playing music that I, I know people have heard and they can sing along to. And um, it was just a super super day, wonderful morning and afternoon. And like I said, I look forward to, to coming back and playing in Marshall again for the folks there because um, I just love that town. Well, and I tell you what, everybody loves you. I've heard not one thing negative. Everybody was so positive about uh, the day in general, but certainly about you, so much so that we do have you booked already to come back. And this is going to be really exciting, Randy, because you're going to be in Marshall on November the 26th, uh, a Saturday evening, and it is during the opening weekend of our big annual Christmas festival, which lasts five weeks, uh, called Wonderland of Lights. And so... That weekend, you know, coming off of Thanksgiving and people being in town, uh, typically ends up being a packed, you know, a packed time in downtown Marshall, tons and tons of people there. So uh, we are so excited to have you back. And I have to tell you, um, they really were not planning to do music on Saturday evenings. They're, they're wanting to do it on Friday evenings. And uh, I said, well, look, I said, I have them saving the date for me on November 26th just in case. And our Main Street coordinator, who was downtown Saturday and heard you play, she enjoyed you so much She said, you know what, let's just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and book it, and we'll put it down right now and not worry about it being a Saturday. So you were very well received here in Marshall as well. Good, good. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I just kind of do my thing and, and hope everything turns out well whenever I do it. And, and um, usually usually the results are, are, are good, so I, I, don't, I don't worry too much about what I'm doing when I'm up behind that microphone. I just... Like I said, I've told people for years and years when they ask me what my job is, I said, well, you know, I don't really know how to put a roof on a house or pave a road or <laughs> you know, I can't prescribe something to make you feel better. But, you know, for, 
maybe a few minutes I can I can make you kind of get away from your troubles and feel good by playing some music and maybe telling a little story. So so it always works out that way. So I I, I say that's my job. That's kind of the job that, that that God gave me to do. So I'm, I'm happy to do it, and it's 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 easy too. You know, I mean, heck, uh, what's what's more fun than making other folks feel a little bit better? So <laughs> well, I, the, I am looking forward to doing Christmas there because I have a Christmas album that I put out uh, last November, and um, I'll get to play some of those songs <laughs> out for Absolutely. people. So that's, Absolutely, and that'll be so much fun. I'm excited about that uh, aspect of the show as well. Well, you have been all over the state lately, not only here in Marshall, but North Texas, Central Texas. I mean, really and truly kind of traveling all over Texas, performing and and, and making people feel good with with your music. And somehow in there, you found time to record a a new album. So talk to me uh, about the new album and the experience of, of recording that, and then I want to talk to you about this first single that's come out as well. Well, this album that I have that that I is released being released here in June, um, the single being released on June the sixth. The album's called Luke and Bach, and the single is the title cut mm-hmm. on the album. Um, the um, the way that I made that record is really um, sort of in a roundabout way. The record was really all together, mostly in my head, but then actually. A lot of it was actually committed to um, committed to, to already being recorded. Um, and, and let me just kind of go through it. The title cut was recorded, gosh, I think maybe three years ago. And oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not new, but um, and there's a, I have a lot of things that, that have been recorded that I've kind of just, you know, kind of just waited on and, and just looking for the right time. And so it was the right time to put this one out because I started playing it for a lot of the, the radio programmers and people this past few months, and they were getting really excited. So I talked to the guy that co-produced the record with me. His name is Norbert Putnam. And I said, Norbert, I said, you know, the, this thing is really starting to, to, to get noticed and get attention by the right people. He said, well, maybe we should put it out. I said, well, that's what I was thinking. So, so in, in order to do that, um, I needed to assemble an album around it. So I had a few songs that, that had, um, they'd been sitting around. Um, I'm, I'm going to admit to you, they've, they've been around for a while, but I hadn't really recorded them or made them um, the way that, that, that I really, you know, felt great about them. You know, I felt, you know, a lot of times when you, when you, when you write a song and you go in and you, you make a recording of it, or you have an idea for it. It's a, it's a lot like a it's a lot like a painting. Sometimes when the paint dries, you look at it and you go, it needs some different touches. It needs something, you know. Uh, and then sometimes you look at the painting after it dries and you go, well, I didn't know it was going to turn out that good. I'm not going to touch it. So um, two of the songs on the record I actually recorded at Sun Studios uh, back in 2003. Um, I went there on my birthday. And I decided that that's what I wanted to do for my birthday. So I took a band that I was working with at the time, and we went into some studio. And um, I took my recording machines in there, and I told the engineer, I said, um, I want you to plug these in. I said, I want you to hit record. And I said, well, we don't want to hear the playback. He said, you don't want to know what you did? I said, I don't really care. I said, I came here to play in this little studio 
where Elvis Presley and Johnny Cash and Roy Orbison and Jerry Lewis and Carl Perkins made records. And I said, I just want to do that. I just want to play here. He goes, fine. So plugged it all in, made a made a bunch of, of songs. I think we recorded 19 songs that night between 7 o'clock and midnight, along with eating barbecue and just having a great time with these guys. Um, and stayed over at the Heartbreak Hotel and stayed up the rest of the night watching Elvis movies. Um, so that was my birthday. And so these these two songs that are on there are part of the result of, of that recording, that marathon recording session. Um, and I, you know, I shaped them a little bit here in, in Lufkin in my studio. So one of, both of them are songs that I co-wrote with, with a guy named Carl Perkins. One is called Big Bertha, uh, which is the actual original uh, version of a song that, that got recorded um, in 2021 by Ronnie Elsap and, and Vince Gill and was released as a single. This this uh, version of Big Bertha on my record is, is, is my version of it. So it's a little different from theirs, but not too different. They lifted a lot of what I did because, and that's good. That tells me, okay, I know what I'm doing here. These guys like what I was doing. And then the other song is called um, I'll Save a Place for You. It's a, um, it's the story song that Carl and his daughter were on. And um, his daughter told me, she said, you know, Daddy was never really able to finish this song because it, it's a song about two brothers. And Carl had a big brother that, that he depended upon a lot when he was a kid. And passed away uh, when they were in their 20s. And Carl never really got over that. So anytime he would try to, anytime he would try to, to record this song, he could never complete it because he would start crying so much. Oh, wow. So I made the song, uh, and and when I played it for Debbie, she says, "Yeah, she said that's um, that's that's the way Daddy would would was was doing it." I said, "Great." I said, "I, I thought I was on the right track, but I wanted to make sure." And there's a strange story that's actually uh, connected to that song too. That was the last song we recorded that night at Sun Studio, and uh, as we were playing the fade of the song, um, which you don't hear on the record because it's four and five minutes into it. We were just playing. It was, this was the last song of the night. This was, it was three minutes after midnight. And all of a sudden, there was a strange noise that came over the headphones. And so we all stopped, and we were looking for this noise and where it came from. We didn't know where it came from. It was a weird, weird, strange, echoey, big, almost like a big gong sound from like a church. It was like a, like a gong. It was like that, you know. And so... I told Debbie, Carl's daughter, the story about that, and she said, well, she says, that doesn't really surprise me. And I said, okay, why does this not surprise you? She said, well, she says, after Elvis passed away, she said, Daddy went down to his studio and took his band, and they were recording the song that Daddy had written called The Whole World Misses You, and it was about Elvis. And she said, and on the fade of the song, they're, they're in the studio playing this, and he sings, He's singing, well, I wish I was in the land of cotton. Old times there not forgotten. Look away, look away. So he's singing this, and all of a sudden this strange noise comes over the headphones, and they all stop, and they listen back to it, and they can hear it on the tape. And she was standing there, and she said, Daddy, what do you think that is? And, and Carl said, well, I just think that's Elvis saying hello to it. And she, she told me on the phone, I said, well, Debbie, I said, what did you think the noise on my record was? She says, Randy, I think that was Daddy telling you happy birthday. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, those those songs that I recorded there, I wanted a couple of those somewhere, and they ended up on this. They fit the record. 
um, a couple of the songs I had written back in Nashville years ago, one thing called uh, James Dean Dream, which was written with a friend of mine, and basically we were we were talking about, what we were talking about is we were talking about guys who are now my age, by the way, because uh, we were in our 30s, and these guys that we were talking about were in their 60s, and how they would go out and, and buy a Harley Davidson, or they'd buy a Corvette, or they'd you know, they would get all this stuff and, you know, it was like they were, they were, they weren't having their second childhood, they were, they were having their second teenagehood. And so, <laughs> we got the idea that they were living a James Dean dream. They wanted to go back and be like James Dean. So that's where that song came from. And then the next song that, that's on there that, that is from that sort of era, so to speak, of songwriting is the song that I covered up with a guy named Heath Wright. He's, he's the lead singer of this band called Ricochet. And I brought in this this idea in this song called A Mother's Prayer, and, and I got the idea from my mom because my mom told me after reading a spiritual book that she was always into spiritual reading. She said, she said, did you know that, that the prayers of a mother for her child are the, are the ones that are the highest priority in God's kingdom, and those are the ones that the angels always take to, to for God to answer first? And I said, well, that's interesting. That kind of stuck with me. So I brought this idea to Heath. And we sat down and we wrote this song, and it ended up being a song about a woman who was giving up her child for adoption. And at the end of it, after I got done with that, I said, Heath, I said, this is an amazing idea that, that we went with. I said, how did you come up with this? He said, well, he said, I'm an adopted child. And he said, he said, I just found my birth mother two years ago, and he said, I wanted to do something for her for Mother's Day this year. And he said, I'm going to sing this for her for Mother's Day. Oh, wow. So, so this was a gift for his for his mom for Mother's Day that we had written. I didn't realize it, you know. And um, and, it, and it, 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 it was neat that he did that, and that he stayed until we got done with it, and it actually sounded great before he told me all that. Otherwise, I would have been worried that we weren't going to make a good-sounding song. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. So, and then the other songs on the record that, that, that are on there, one is a, a song called Before Elvis, and it's a true story. My Uncle Gene... Uh, uh, who uh, uh, grew up in Atlanta with, with my mother. My mother ended up going to Memphis, Tennessee and getting a job because her parents were divorced. And Uncle Gene was really young, so so my grandmother moved to Memphis with my mother and so my Uncle Gene moved there because she was the young, he was the younger brother. So he was going to high school. My mother was working at an insurance company. And he liked a girl who was going to another high school in Memphis. So he just quit going to his high school and started going to hers. <laughs> I guess you could do that back in 1960. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so he, um, the high school that she, that his girlfriend was going to was a high school called Hughes High, and Hughes High was was the school that Elvis Presley was attending at the time. So my uncle Gene ended up hanging out with Elvis Presley in his high school days, not knowing anything about what was what was coming down the the, the road for for Presley. He was just a weird kid. So he tells me this story, and he makes up this song about it. He says, you think this is a good idea? And I said, oh, I think this is a brilliant idea. So we wrote this song called Before Elvis. The long, uh, the long title of it would be Before Elvis was a king, he was just a high school king. It is a lot of fun. And this is, like I said, it's a true story. So uh, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a neat little song that ended up on there. And somebody asked me, they said, why did you put a song about Elvis on there? I said, well, I said, first of all, I'm a big Elvis fan. I've always been a big Elvis fan. I said, my mom was a big Elvis fan. And I said, and this year, 
um, in June, actually, one of the biggest movies, you know, of the decade is going to be hitting the theaters with Tom Hanks, and it's, an, it's, just, it's a movie about the life of Elvis Presley. So I said, it might be kind of neat to have a song out there, which is sort of a little true inside story from my uncle. Um, so there's another one. Um, uh, the, there's, there's a song on there called Jericho, which is uh, – there, there are songs on there that – Actually, I, I've got to say, I, I don't know where they came from, but I know that, that a lot of times I will write songs really early in the morning out of what is, what is called stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And and when, they, when they're right, these are what I call breakfast table songs. And if I play them at the breakfast table for Linda, my wife, and, and, if, they, and if she gives me all the good signs, then I know that I'm on the right track. She's really, really good at, at identifying material that that is really got something, you know, different and 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 good. And so, um, so that that one and a song called Mosey Off and another song called Undertaker. All those those three songs, which are on the record, are all songs which were uh, breakfast table. about that title track, Luke and Bach, because that song, and, and I know you said you put it out because the time is right, and not only is the time right, the season is right, because that is a summer song. That is fantastic, and, and especially right here moving into the hot, hot Texas summer months. Right. Well, let's see. Let me let me dial this back and, and just tell everybody that Luke and Bach is a place that two, two different types of people go to. There is a type of person who goes to Luke and Bach that says, is this it? And then there's other people that go there and say, this is it. And so um, I took my wife, uh, we, we were dating actually, uh, I, we, weren't, we weren't married at the time. We were in Texas and I, and I told her, I said, um, I said, have you ever been over to Luke and Bach? I was playing a, over in San Antonio. I was playing a two-night stand in San Antonio. And um, uh, she said, no, I've never been there. I've heard the song. I said, well, you want to go? She goes, sure. And this was on like a Thursday or something. And this was in, gosh, I think this was in maybe March or April of that year. And it was actually cold that day and kind of rainy. So we went out there, and actually there wasn't a soul out there except for us, a couple of guys playing in the back of the the post office around the fireplace. Uh A couple of people visiting and and a guy who hangs out there all the time who deems himself a Texas poet. Um, she talks about how he was divorced and then he does this strange poetry back there. So it was a, it was, it was just up and she loved it. She loved, she likes going to these places where nobody goes. And so we had like, just like an amazing day. And so after we got back, you know, all this kind of stuff starts to coalesce in my mind and I, I start to, you know, see how things affect people and how they affect me. And so, um, there were a few other places and a few other things that, that she and I did along the way. And I just got the idea. I said, you know, there's something to go into a place that people don't really recognize as some, you know, lavish, beautiful, you know, um, you know, crazy good spot that, you know, ends up on some travel channel or, you know, you see on the Internet and you go, oh, what a beautiful, what a wonderful place. So that was what I wanted to I wanted that song to be about places that are unassuming 
and and that that nobody but maybe just a one somebody would care about. So Lukenbach just popped in there. So that's what I wrote the song about. And the way that we recorded it, uh, first of all, I recorded it as co-producer with a guy named Norbert Putnam. Norbert is the guy who put Jimmy Buffett on the map. He recorded Margaritaville and so many other big records for Jimmy. And so, that makes sense because it's got a little bit, I, I was going to ask you about that because it has a Buffett feel to it. Yeah, and, so, and, and I wanted to do that because, and this was, and this was in February of, uh, I think it was 2018 that we recorded this. So it was cold outside. We went to Muscle Shoals and recorded it down there. And so um, we, I, I told him, I said, I want this to feel like summer. He goes, that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so so we made it feel like summer. We, we gave it that sort of a little south of the border, a little south of South Padre, you know, feel to it. And, um, I, I, I like it because, first of all, I like that. I like that that sound. Um, it makes me feel good. And I, I usually, when I make records, um, that's really what I'm usually I'm using as my um, uh, my meter, so to speak, my my measuring stick or my barometer. If if, it, if I feel good when I'm listening to it, then I I I know I'm gonna like it. You know, ten or twenty years from now. And so that one really stuck to the tape real well. So I was really happy with the way it turned out. And, and Norbert was too. You know, we um, we messed around with it. And on the second verse of that song, he got the idea, since we were talking about the beach and all this kind of stuff and people going to the beach and, and how, you know, it might be great for everybody else to be on a crowded beach, but <laughs> but not me and, and, and not Linda. Um, so um, he said, man, he said, uh, we had a guy named Jim Spate who is um, – uh, he plays saxophones and all kinds of horns and stuff and everything. We were doing some other stuff with some horn section stuff in the studio that day, and and uh, Jim had his flute with him, and we were listening to this song, and, and, and Norris says, Jim, he says, is there something we can do here? And he goes, so he pulls his flute out, and he, Norbert says, I didn't know you played flute. He said, well, I only play things like this. <laughs> so... in the 
marketplace of, of getting records played and having them become a hit or becoming a success, that's not really the, the measuring stick or the barometer. But, you know, I, I've, I've told my manager, Jenny, and I've told my wife, and I've told other people, I said, you know, I said, it's all, it's all, for me personally, it's satisfying to be able to do something that people say they love. But I said, you know, it, in all honesty, in order for it to become something, you know, beyond that, it just takes a lot of luck. And sure. we're going to have, we're just going to have to have a lot of luck because, um, I'm on a small label. Um, I'm kind of doing it very maverick. I'm doing it my way, um, which I'm very satisfied with. And, and, you know, in a, in a way, um, you know, when I, when I lived in Nashville, I never quite ever fit in with the system, and I, I couldn't figure it out until I came back to Texas, and I realized, well, it's because I never really left Texas. I was always still here, so of course I didn't really fit in somewhere else. I fit in here. This is this is my home. This is this is where my soul is. This is where my heart is. So um, everything that's happening, you know, right now, me being able to play festivals, I'm going to be playing several festivals this summer. I'm going to be playing a lot of uh, a lot of other Texas radio media type outlets live, visiting with people going all over the state, little towns like Dublin and Kerrville and Cherokee, I mean Comanche and Sweetwater and, you know, uh, Abilene and, of course, Marshall and Tyler and just, I mean, just all over the Texas map. And, and I'm just, I'm just absolutely loving it because I've been to many, many points, you know, on the globe and it's all been well and good. It's all been a, a good thing for me, but, but going around Texas, um, it feels like that I'm in somebody's movie, you know, uh, which is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Texas is such a great place for live music. We have, you know, such a great history with dance halls and different things, but I think Texas is one of those places that we are already primed to enjoy live music and getting out there on a Friday or Saturday night and, 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 and dancing and doing our own thing. Um, and, and then you bring in these great artists that, you know, kind of have that traditional feel and, and do something we really love, and it's a, it's a great marriage. It puts it all together. You know, you talked a little bit about what you've got coming up and, and the different things you're going to be doing and festivals, and it, it sounds like your schedule is absolutely getting packed, and, and we're glad about that. Um, where, you know, if our listeners, and, and, and really and truly, if, you're, if you've been following Facebook media for any amount of time, you know who Randy Seymour is. But if there's somebody out there who is just discovering you and, and just finding out about you, where can they find your music? Where can they find um, more about Randy Seymour? Well, you know, uh, the main source for finding out where I'm going or where I can be heard or where you can find my records or where you can see my music videos or where you can see a bunch of goofy pictures of me <laughs> is my website. It's Randy C. Moore, R-A-N-D-Y, initial C-M-O-O-R-E, uh, .com. That's the main place to go to find all that stuff. I've got Facebook pages, Randy Seymour, um, music and friends of Randy Seymour. Both of those are on Facebook. I've got an Instagram uh, thing, which doesn't really do a whole lot. but And I've got a Twitter account, which doesn't really do a whole lot. 
off, but it's all there. Um, and everything kind of will point you either towards one of those Facebook pages or at least probably point you all the way back to the web page, which, like I said, I mean, right now you can go to the web page and you can see what my June schedule is going to be. And, you know, as someone in Britain would say, it's a bloody mess, you know. (laughs) I love it. Well, and let me ask you this, you know, at at RangySeymour.com there on your website, can you get um, your your albums as well? And I know the new one hasn't released quite yet, so that's going to be a week or so before that one's uh, out. But can, can you buy those there also? Yes, that's where you can you can press the buttons that takes you to iTunes or you know or music or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, that's that's like I said, that's the easiest way to go. So, and you can also I also have hard copies printed up that you can actually order. Um, and those are still my favorite, honestly. I still love a good old CD. I like talking to them and being able to listen to it that way. Yeah, it's, it's neat that, you know, this whole virtual thing, it's all very convenient and stuff, but um, uh, you're not going to find good tomatoes at, at the local 7-Eleven. You're going to find tomatoes at, at an old fruit stand on the highway. So... You know, a CD or an album or even a vinyl record is more like the old fruit stand nowadays. And, you know, going to a convenience store, that's a little bit more like what's on the Internet. You know, I, I don't – I don't. Uh, the, the thing about the Internet and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's there as a useful tool. But thank God, you know, for for people who still love live music because that's really how – that's really how I sustain myself is going out and playing live shows. And and most artists are going to tell you that because records in the record industry has changed amazingly. Some of it's good and some of it isn't good. But anybody who is in the the music industry, I tell them two things if they want to get into this. The first thing I tell them is don't do this unless you just absolutely love it. Uh, because you'll never be satisfied with any other sort of measuring stick or, or any other expectations. And I said, and the second thing is be willing to, to adapt and to change because this thing, every 10 years, and now it's getting to be almost like every five years, the conditions and everything change as far as like how it's, it's consumed, how it's received, and, and, and how it is that, that you, you know, sort of um, can let people know what you're doing, where you're doing, and, and how you're doing. So, um, but the only constant, and, and this has been really since the beginning of time, you know, ever since, you know, people have, you know, had dancers dancing in, in ancient palaces for, for, you know, kings in Jerusalem, is live performance, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, live performance has never really changed. It's always been the constant. Uh, so I tell people, <clears throat> make sure you can do it live. You know, I don't care how great your records sound. I don't care how great your videos look. I don't care how great your reviews are in a magazine. I don't care. I don't even care how great you look on TV. If you can't walk out on the stage in front of a microphone and deliver the groceries, you're not going to last. It's right. not going to so, right. so I, I try to make sure that, that that's, the, that's the best thing that I do is go out in front of a microphone like I did in Marshall this past uh, Memorial Day weekend and, and deliver the groceries. 
Absolutely. Well, you do that for sure. Randy, I appreciate you visiting with us so much at TSA, and we're going to play that song, Luke and Bach, here on Facebook Media, and make sure everybody knows where to find it and where they can hear it. And uh, look forward to seeing you in, in November, if not before, but uh, certainly we know we'll be visiting with you, at least on the phone before then. Okay, good. And I'm going to I'm gonna make a prediction for your listeners, and you, if you edit this out, it's okay, but I'm going to tell your listeners, stick with Ashley. <laughs> Because I'm telling you, this lady is going to be a very, very important, influential person when it comes to not only Texas music, but, but music in general. Because she has got the thing. I have hung around people who, who, who do what she does. I've hung around people in the music industry and in the entertainment industry. And she has got what we call the X factor. The X factor is something that you can't manufacture and you can't make it up. You either have it or you don't. And folks, this Ashley Dansby lady, she's got it. So stick with her. She's a good one. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate those very, very kind words, Randy. I'm not sure I deserve them, but I sure do appreciate them. Thank you very much. Well, I didn't do it. <laughs> I deserved it. I did <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. We will talk to you very, very soon. <laughs> Hey, Jay.